0: Hello, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. And welcome to Mind Over Magic.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for episode 29 of Mind Over Magic with Matt and Eric. Lots going on. We had the inauguration this week. We are going to be reaching into the bottom of the valtrunas bag of trivia today which i'm excited for i got one more for you oh that's fun i didn't know that and uh yeah and i'm
0: figuring out audio stuff that's going on on my end uh but we're just gonna go for it for now and uh uh, like like we were saying before we hit record uh at least i know what my goal is this week Uh. yes we're gonna (laughs) tackle the goals right at the top of the podcast
1: today eric's gonna figure out his audio and just to explain what's going on i mean it should sound good yeah to our other listeners right now it should sound normal but in my ears he's very very loud
0: yeah for some reason although it looks like the input into my computer looks fine the output to other people uh is uh very strange so i can lower the volume so matt can hear me fine but then that lowers the input to the recording level Anyway, this is all technical stuff. We don't have to get into the weeds here. But if you happen to know, uh, you
1: know, if you're an audio person, uh, we'll just
0: throw the email out right away. You can get (laughs) in touch.
1: (laughs) You can't just ask people for stuff right off the bat. We got to give a little bit. We got to give some... But that Some email real stuff here. Is... We got to give a piece of our soul, a piece of our heart, before we go asking for uh, free technical advice. <laughs> what is this customer service or a podcast?
0: Yeah, figure out. We should figure out what we're doing. Like you know, it's twenty nine <laughs> episodes in. Maybe it's a good start. <laughs> Maybe it's a good start to like fine tune this a little bit more. But uh, yeah, no. Our email, if you want to reach out, is mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but uh, let's let's move on to the uh, the inauguration. Did you watch? We watched uh, we have a new president.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I tuned in. It's a historic moment. First uh, female vice president. It's, it's, it's exciting times.
0: Yeah. Did you watch all the coverage, the whole, like uh like from early on the swearing in to all the activities going on throughout the day?
1: I did. I even watched some of the concert later on oh, yeah. in the evening. That's mm-hmm. what
0: I wanted to get into because it was very nice to see Uh, I mean, obviously his message is about unity and hopefully, you know, the actions following that will help us, uh, you know, help start to heal this huge divide in our country. But uh, doing so through the arts, I think, was so powerful because, I mean, the previous administration didn't have that emphasis on, you know, the arts or music or dance or spoken word and to not only have. These huge celebrities, like, you know, performing in front of these iconic monuments. I mean, just like John Legend on a piano in front of the Lincoln Memorial when, like, no one else is around is... Cause like, how else are you gonna do that then, other than in a, in a pandemic? So, right, so silver linings, right? Uh But like to that, to uh, oh, the the young poet laureate uh, it was Amanda Gorman was just phenomenal during
1: the ceremony. To you know, I enjoy me some slam poetry. Yeah, it was great. It was so good. Tiana uh, followed her on Instagram right after it, and at that point, she had about five hundred thousand followers. Right, and then if you refresh the page she had 510,000 followers. If you refreshed it again, she had 600,000 followers. And, you know, by the end of the day, it was a couple of million. But it was literally refreshing in tens of thousands with each swipe. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean...
0: Well-deserved. Well-deserved and, uh, you know, a hell of a platform to have, you know, the the inauguration that everyone's watching, of course. Yeah, but just to, to have such a powerful message and... Uh, I I just loved it. I, it, was, it really made me miss, you know, the arts in going out there and performing, and like even just like they did the Broadway medley, you know. And I was like, I want to see a Broadway show,
1: you know. It just oh yeah, no five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Yeah, I recognized rent. the genie from Aladdin. Uh-huh. Wayne Brady was in there.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. It was so. So good. you saw
1: Tom Hanks.
0: I did. Yes. Yeah. Tom Hanks, of course. I mean, he's you a like big
1: Tom Hanks guy, America's dad. <laughs> right? Are you a big Tom Hanks guy? Yeah, I like Tom yeah. Hanks a lot. I know who doesn't love Tom Hanks, of course. Of course, and I mean,
0: it was very fitting not only because um, he, you know, he was the kind of the first one in the pandemic that came out and said he had Corona with his wife, Rita Wilson, right. and uh, you know, when they were out in Australia, and that to have him, you know, be the center, centerpiece as we're still you know, eight months later trying to tackle this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lot. And of course, uh, the Simpsons predicted this in the Simpsons movie, which I'm sure you haven't seen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, he, there's a line where he's like, um, when you lose faith in the, uh, the the US government's lost a lot of its credibility so they're trying to borrow mine <laughs> he has a line that's exactly that and then of course they use that exactly for the uh, the uh, the celebrate America concert that they did last night so
1: for what it's worth Australia I believe is doing quite a bit better now because oh, there's course. a revival of the show called Name that tune yeah you really that. popular yeah did you have you seen it at all the new one uh, not the new one no Okay. Did we talk about uh, they, this? This
0: is different than the Ken Jeong one we talked about.
1: Uh, it, it well, yeah, it's also on Fox. So Fox has Mass Singer, Mass Dancer. I can see your voice. Name that tune. Beat Shazam. They've just really got the music guessing games cornered. That's,
0: they're all seem the same to me.
1: Uh, but anyway, Name that Tune is out of a famous reboot. Uh, and anyway, there's a live audience, and I'm wondering how are they doing this. And sure enough, in the credits at the end, it says they actually went to Australia to film it. Wow. Right. And that's how they got their live audience. Now, the, the contestants were American, but they're Americans that happen to live in Australia. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. But anyway, tangentially related nonetheless.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, no, I just, I uh, you know, it made me, it was so interesting that, like, uh, you know, Biden's message is restoring the soul of our nation. And re- really that does come from, you know, the arts, I think. And I think, uh, you know, Going to school to be a music teacher, I was always an advocate for, you know, keeping those programs alive in our schools. And, you know, with uh, Dr. Biden uh, being an educator herself, you know, of course, appreciating. And I think she's the one who who reached out or got Amanda Gorman to, uh, to speak at the inauguration. So I, I'm just glad there's an enthusiasm and a celebration of arts um, again in our country.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of music, I'm hoping you can help me. I, I had this problem and I, I hope this goes away, <laughs> but because of coronavirus, I feel like I can never look at wind instruments the same. Sure.
0: Because I'm of... watching
1: the inauguration <laughs> and there's the, the military band and they're playing the trumpets and all I can think about, because I know how much saliva is involved if you try to play a trumpet. Yes. can you guarantee me that it doesn't go through the tube and come out the other end and just spray all over the audience
0: well there is a spit valve that okay tell me more about this this, because this
1: might (laughs) this might cure my anxiety on this
0: it does i don't think it gets all the way to the bell and sprays at that point it kind of gets trapped along the tubing within (laughs) Um, can you are we sure about this I mean,
1: not 100%. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just feel like for for years from now, I'm going to see like a, a, a brass band, any wind instruments in like a tight enclosed space and be like, I can't be here.
0: Well, just keep your
1: six feet a distance away. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's like saying if you stand six feet from a megaphone, you won't be able to hear it. Yeah, well, that's like, what I'm saying is you're wanting
0: to stay away anyway because it's so loud, you know? <laughs>
1: If I stand six feet from a megaphone, it's still going to be at least half as loud as your audio is in my ear <laughs> oh, right <geez>. now.
0: <laughs>
1: Very All right, funny. now we can ask for technical advice because yeah, okay. we gave a little bit.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the inauguration was a big part of this week, but uh, we also did something else. Uh, we, uh, we, I, I, we sat in a talk back. Um, because of a show that you had watched. We kind of teased this a little bit last episode. Uh, but of uh, Derek Delgado's show, In and of Itself, his one-person show, magic show that got a lot of recognition um, playing in L.A. and in New York, is now coming out. Live. On, uh, yeah, it's coming out of the movie version on Hulu, which I think you do need a subscription to watch, but if you don't have one sign up for the free 30 day subscription and you can cancel after that or whatever. Um, but after watching the movie as part of this event, um, Derek Delgado, uh, with director Frank Oz and pro- executive producer Stephen Colbert sat down with, um, comedian talk show host and magician himself, Mr. Larry Wilmore. Uh, and I thought it was a great talk. Uh, what did you think about all this?
1: Yeah, as I said to you, the thing that surprised me was that they were very careful to not sort of do spoilers. Mm-hmm. But I, I would imagine most of the people that were watching had seen either the live show or the, the video version or both. Yeah. Um so it would have been interesting <laughs> if they were able to sort of delve into things a little bit more, if they could do a little bit of a deeper dive. But obviously it was uh yeah, it was really cool to get some insight from those that were behind it because i don't even know if it's fair to call it a magic show it is though it mm. is absolutely a magic show but it, it it frames it in a way that people are very much not used to which i think is a, a really really good thing and i enjoyed the video version just as much as the live version so if you, even if you haven't seen the live version check it out
0: yeah the i i recommend anyone to see this movie version i i saw the live version in la and new york and i actually Might have liked the movie version even more just because with the editing, uh, some of the longer storytelling that Derek does, they were able to like add animations to help enhance the stories, uh, but also just like to get the best reaction from some of the pieces in the show. Uh, It's very personal. So when you see him pull someone up on stage and they kind of montage different nights of that they recorded of the performance, you see... All these people getting emotionally, uh, you know, m- emotional and reacting in their own way. It's equally as powerful. Uh, but, you know, just seeing that how consistent it was to get that uh, emotion out of them was pretty impressive.
1: Well, yeah, the video version for me hit m- more emotionally. Yeah. For me personally. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure why. I guess sometimes in the, a live theater environment, maybe it's a little bit more difficult to take my performer hat off, mm-hmm. but in the, the comfort of my own home, watching it on video, I, I really just got got sucked in. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think there's something to that. And I think, like I said, the editing, the pacing, especially, I I, again, I don't want to do spoilers here, uh, so I recommend people watch it, but there's a piece towards the end where he, uh, he's kind of having a moment of connection with everyone in the audience. And the way they paced that Like There was great pacing throughout the show, but then because they wanted to show multiple performances and a lot more people, it paced really nicely to get that build the right way. And I think that was a really smart decision uh, the way they did the movie. So uh, check it out. It was also interesting to see all these uh, faces I knew pop up in the movie, uh, whether they be celebrities I was familiar with from different performances that had heard about the show and obviously went live. Uh, to just like other random magic friends that popped up too, I was like that person's a magician and I know that person, and uh, I I threw some of those names at you and you were like I, I didn't recognize it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like you didn't recognize Bill Gates. Bill Gates was in the audience. <laughs> I kind of thought that might have been Bill Gates, but yeah. I just assumed it wasn't. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that
0: that's fun if you're if you want to do a. A game of spot the celebrity but uh do that on your second or third viewing of the movie
1: cause... i am bad at that even when we used to do live shows even at my own live show like <laughs> it'll always be someone else that goes i think that's so-and-so in the audience yeah, or an usher yeah, yeah, or yeah. someone a stagehand someone from my team will be like that's so-and-so and i'll be like who's that
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> you know me that's funny my pop culture references have major gaps
0: it's it's probably for the best too, so that you don't like you know overhype it or anything, and just treat them like a normal person. I'm sure they they appreciate that. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, but Derek show in and of itself, check it out on Hulu. I think one of the reasons it got so popular too, or is so lauded, is because, like you said, it's 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 more than a magic show. He's using the art of magic and deception to tell a greater story. He's using it, he's using it as a a paintbrush. Rather than, you know, there, there's merit to going to see a magic show and just seeing the effects presented in a way just for the amazement of it. But to use that amazement to reach a deeper level, I think, um, is so often rare in the magic community. So, um, you know, it's great. And I think it touched a lot of people and it, it speaks about identity and who you are and how you're perceived. And, yeah, there's a lot of deeper themes
1: yeah and at the very least it is a magic show that's not about being fooled at all yeah yeah it's really not about that and that's what people think magic is which i always argue that that's not what it is but this this go ahead goes ahead and proves it in a in a very different way with a different approach so very cool
0: very very cool
1: you see any other uh, good or bad magic shows uh, this past week, Eric? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you're leading
0: me uh, because I know specifically that uh, uh, my buddies—if uh, you—if uh, I maybe mentioned them before on the podcast—Harrison uh, Greenbaum and uh, Patrick Davis—they do a online streaming show. It's a magic show called the Society of Conjurers and Magicians. Uh, it's a secret private show that they tell everyone about. Uh, because the initials spell out scam. And they decided to um, to watch a, a celebrity, I guess. He's a recent celebrity since the start of the pandemic, uh, who you may be familiar with, uh, The Tiger King. You Did you watch The Tiger King on Netflix?
1: Yeah, I've seen it. So I, you know I'm, that guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Joe Exotic. Well, yeah. obviously dealing with giant uh, large uh, tigers and large cats. Uh, He, of course, comes from a magic background. And Patrick and Harrison were able to get their hands on a full performance
1: of Joe Exotic's magic show. It's not fair to say he comes from a magic background. (laughs) It's fair to say that he tried to learn some magic to exploit it.
0: He had a full show with illusions and everything,
1: man. (laughs) That doesn't mean he comes from a magic background. (laughs) But anyone was, can buy this stuff. It doesn't make you a magician. I mean, he looked
0: very magical with his sequin jacket and you know leather pants and mullet, and uh, um, it was just—it's uh, it, it tough was, to argue with that. It was just a—it <laughs> was a school show in like an auditorium, and he's—he's uh, he's, uh, you know has these uh, assistants. He's doing these. We basically mystery science theater this, so we were watching along and in commenting. Uh, I, I was only to, uh, able to pop in for the second half, but I think I saw enough. <laughs> I saw
1: less than you and I saw enough. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how it's awesomely bad and how funny it is. Like, cause mm-hmm. it is so bad, but like, and it also kind of glorifies the whole anabu- animal abuse aspect of it, which I don't like, obviously. Yeah,
0: he does end with, like, a baby tiger cub and just has the students line up
1: to be able to pet the tiger, I guess. So yeah, it was controversial just, thing Very controversial. That, that we know now.
0: But I thought the more controversial thing was, like, he's doing this kind of trying to do a positive message uh, to, like, make sure kids aren't getting into drinking and drugs. But then he tells, like... Pretty dark drinking stories that are from his personal life. I was like, is this appropriate to tell these small children? Go
1: into the real details of like how that could ruin and destroy your whole life. I guess I don't know. I-, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of like a teacher watching this after school program. Listen to this. Really yeah. picture <laughs> Joe Exotic, who unfortunately you know. Yeah. Picture yeah. Joe Exotic uh, at an elementary school dressed like Siegfried or Roy, or, or like kind of a, a really, really budget version of Siegfried yeah, and Roy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with surrounded by gaudy magic props, mm. not knowing really how to use any of them, and then <laughs> lacing the entire show with this message of, what, of, of drugs are bad, or yeah. drinking is bad, drinking and driving is bad, or I don't even know, it was very convoluted for me. Uh, but I'm trying to picture the teachers thinking, oh, that that messaging is kind of weird, but he means well and the Tigers are really fun. So let's bring him back next year. I mean, is that yeah. what happened? Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> I think it it was more less of a deterrent to get these students to not drink or drive. But le- uh, more of a deterrent for them to get into magic. I think uh. <laughs> I I, these students might take up drinking later in life, but they're definitely not gonna pick up a deck of cards or do stage illusions
1: after watching. Yeah, that, so. yeah, that's probably true.
0: <laughs> but uh, we'll throw a link in the chat if you want to check out their live stream and watch along and just see if if you haven't had your Joe Exotic fix yet in pan- in quarantine, you can watch this live stream of his show for sure.
1: Yep. Uh, There you have it.
0: What's going on? You're doing another podcast?
1: I did. I recorded one. Well, that you've done before, too, with Daniel Greenwolf, the yeah, Greenwolf podcast. absolutely. Yeah, just recorded a couple days ago. I think it comes out this weekend, so that was fun.
0: Oh, very fun, very fun. We'll have to uh, link to that as well. Uh, this is just the part of the podcast where we plug our other friends' projects, and you can check them out because we're fans of them, too. That's what we do. Uh, but, yeah, Daniel's a great guy, and uh, I think we had a really good conversation when we uh, when we chatted, and you can check out my Episode, but I'm looking forward to your episode as well to hear hear you. We're just popping around the podcast circuit now. Yeah, why to,
1: not? Why not? What else are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not much. Uh,
0: my My weekend was actually jam packed um, because I attended the online version of a conference I tend to go in person in Vegas every year, but obviously with the pandemic that couldn't happen. So they did a virtual mindvention this year uh and my invention the joke i always say when you get a bunch of mind readers together in a room it's like a professional development development workshop uh but no one says anything they just think the points and we're all like oh good point yeah
1: right you just sit there nodding in <laughs> yeah, silence nodding in silence <laughs> yeah if only <laughs> if only <laughs> yeah that's right happened.
0: but uh no they had all these uh you know top friends and creators and lecturers from around the world um doing just uh, it was like three days straight there was just so many lectures on learning you know new effects and theory and i didn't even get a chance to to watch all of it there was so much of it it was just i don't know i was swamped and uh it was it was good cuz it kind of got that fire burning in a little bit and be like oh i got to you know now that the apartments you know mostly unpacked get back to work and you mm-hmm. know focus on the craft a bit more and uh, mm-hmm. so so i'm taking away from that but i i'm actually pretty sure it's still going on there's like extra workshops people could do and i was like at, at some point i'm just like this is too much mentalism <laughs> it's too much mind reading talk yeah <laughs> i
1: was like i need a break and get you know inspired by outside
0: sources again too and
1: Yes, Um, very, very important. It's very easy to forget how, like, not normal it is outside of our magic circle to just, like, be at a mind reading convention
0: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and and it's the same thing in improv too if you're only doing improv all the time your scenes start to be about improv so if you're only in you know a mentalism bubble the whole time only thinking about that it's it ends up being the snake eating its own tail so you gotta you gotta break out of that yeah (laughs) i like that phrase the snake eating its own tail. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a symbol that has a name that I'm not going to Google now. But uh, if, you're <laughs> curious, if you're curious, you can look it up.
1: <laughs> I like it.
0: Yeah. Um, and the other thing, while we're hitting magic news, uh, we're gonna wish a happy birthday to a oh, hundredth birthday to the Song in Half Illusion. Did you know mm. this? It turned. Yes, I heard yeah, about this. It turned a hundred. I guess the Magic Circle did a little presentation. I didn't catch it, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. they told all about the history of the sawing in half illusion. It feels like it's been around forever, but only 100 years. That's pretty seems pretty recent.
1: Yeah, I want to say early 1920s. The reason that comes to mind is because in one of my favorite movies, The Prestige, they yes. reference sawing in half, but it wouldn't have been invented yet. So it's kind of a little oh, bit of a mistake in the fiction there, in, interesting. The, yeah, in the history.
0: Fun movie
1: fact. Yeah, which you don't expect to get from me, but no.
0: <laughs> I'm throwing it out. <laughs> now, Matt, did you ever consider, you know, with building the larger illusions for your stage show, you know, you were definitely more of a manipulation card guy, close-up guy before you went to Vegas. But once you went to Vegas, you're like, let's add larger illusions. Did you ever think of putting in like a famous song and a half illusion or anything like that?
1: I know I try to stay away from things that like feel old hat. Yeah. I love I love the history of magic and I love the 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 roots of things that you can find in old books that become new mm-hmm. again but something that's so synonymous with magic and also kind of has like a sexist undertone whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. Nowadays and it's like somehow still people overlook it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, true.
0: Well, it depends. Right. I mean, we—I've seen amazing versions of it. Uh, the one that comes to mind are um, Mark and Kalen, or Mark, <laughs> Kalen and Ginger. Sorry, Mark, Kalen and Ginger. Let me say that correctly. Uh, where she is the uh, person put in the box, but she has full control, and it's more about her um, her uh, status in that effect. So it's not like I'm just gonna put another girl in a box and, and cut her in half for the sake mm-hmm. of doing so. Um, yeah, it really, still feels odd to me. It's really empowering to see them do it, and her, her having that, um, that uh, flipping the roles pretty much. Um, I,
1: I've seen the version I think you're talking about, but I'm not. I don't recall like a drastic flipping of roles. Maybe they've changed it since I've seen it. Not
0: not flipping roles in terms of who's in the box, but in terms of status and who has the control. And I yeah. Think that, and what what made it important. feel like
1: she had control? She was bound in restraints in in the box what, what well, was what's
0: more about consent and uh, you know the her by okay. play <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <You know? laughs> this feels like
1: a stretch to me i don't no, know <laughs> i i mean I, all right, maybe
0: i'm getting something from it that you're not but uh
1: <laughs> no i mean i saw the I, maybe you've seen a different version because i'm talking about one that was in the 90s yeah maybe i don't know when I did see- you see it
0: uh, they were in the uh the Illusionist nineteen oh three or like one of the Oh, that was Persons. within a few years. Yeah, yeah there's a good yeah. chance
1: that they've changed the presentation too. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, I, I think there's ways of doing it. But I, I agree with what you're saying about, you know, it's one of those uh it's become synonymous with magic and uh mm. you know, if you wanna kind of feel fresh and reinventing yourself, you're not gonna do a lot of that, you know. I mean, people still think of top hat and tails, which is Mm -hmm. a specific style and was commonplace of the time during the vaudeville era. But, you know, we've evolved away from that. So you're not going to be you're not going to be donning a top hat anytime soon in your
1: show, are you? No, but I have before. It's funny you say like, oh, when you come to Vegas, did you were you enticed to sort of do these things? It's funny. I kind of went through these phases as a teenager. I did. I had tails. I even wore them to sure a prom or something because I already had them. I was like, hey, I'm going to rock this. Um, probably multiple proms, if we're being honest. Uh, I did Sub Trunk. I did an Azra where you make someone float up into the mm-hmm. air and then disappear. Mm-hmm. So I kind of dabbled in those things and, and found out what works for me and what doesn't. My mm-hmm. favorite illusion of all time is it's called origami. Yeah. And I want more than anything in the world to be able to perform it, but I just can't. It just doesn't fit me. I th- sure. And there's nothing I can do that I can bring to it. Off the top of my head, or even after thinking about it quite a bit, actually, there's really nothing I can bring to it that makes it my own or even makes it even close to fitting something that my character would do. So I love the illusion, but I just don't know how to, it just doesn't fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough to kind of modify those bigger illusions in a way because... If you can't modify them too much or you can't do the illusion. They're right, built, right.
1: They're built in certain ways, so... Especially when the method is so perfect. It's yeah. like, all right, well, you don't need to change the method. The effect is also fantastic, so there's really no need to change the effect. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can you make something better that's kind of already all buttoned up?
0: Yeah, and I also wanted to say about like the clothing stuff, like the suit and tails and stuff. There are some magicians who do it and they pull it off, but it's more of an intentional thing rather than just doing it because they saw someone else do it i mean people it fits their character yeah that's what i'm saying like i mean i think of lance burton when he was performing and he was very much out of that era but his character felt like it was still in that era and it fit his style and his uh persona and you know so not to knock on it if it works for you but uh right but i think yeah you have to be self-aware of what you're doing and what you're doing it intentionally so that you're not just making decisions that don't fit
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Look at Guy Hollingworth, uh, out of, out of England. He looks like he was born in a tux. Yeah. The guy's just the definition of class, but it wouldn't, wouldn't work for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm excited. I'm going to be able to encourage some, uh, hopefuls for America's got talent this weekend.
0: Oh, what is this? Tell me about this.
1: So America's got talent uh, is doing their auditions virtually. Because the, because of coronavirus and being able to see as many people as possible, and it's mm-hmm. it's difficult to do in person, so they're doing them virtually. So they kind of have these Zoom holding rooms, and I'm going to visit it this weekend. Oh. Do a pop in, kind of a Q and A, answer some questions, give some you know, give some words of advice and things like that, just to kind of uh, get people pumped up for their audition. Oh, that's fun.
0: So yeah. you're just going to be in the Zoom room that's like a holding area while they're waiting to go to meet with the producers exactly are you in charge can you do you have full reign can you do whatever you want with like just like to entertain people or <laughs> I, that's
1: it <well, laughs> or is there I, a I moderator so.
0: <laughs> is there like uh, someone in the room that's gonna be like uh you know like uh, here's ask a question to matt i think or, there's a moderator
1: for like the Q&A.
0: I what i'm really asking is are you gonna be trying some of the new
1: card tricks you've been working on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I can if I want to. (laughs) And I just may.
0: I'm just thinking, especially if there's like an aspiring magician that's in the waiting room to try and get on the show and then like, you pop in and you're like, "Here, let me show you some stuff I'm working on." And uh, you know, I, I, I tend to do this. It got me to win the whole show and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> good luck on your addition in a few moments.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna lie and tell everybody that I'm also competing. Like, Listen, <laughs> it's been six years. It's time for me to come back. I'm in the. I'm not. There's gonna be no moderator. It's just gonna be me in the room taunting everybody. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> and then that that'll be funny for a couple of minutes. Then I realize no one's really afraid, and they're like, "Yeah, we can beat you." And then that'll be <laughs> Oh that. no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great though. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, to, to have some encouragement because uh, I'm sure it's weird enough to audition on the show virtually. So to, you know, I'm sure people's nerves are all over the place and weird. Uh, it's just a weird, weird. It's a weird time. One time. of the
1: cool, one of the coolest things I ever got to do was to actually sit in the auditions in person years ago. No way. After have we never talked about this?
0: Uh, I think briefly, but I I don't remember the details of it. And I just like uh, I I remember thinking at the time when you told me just that much, I was like. Man, winning has its perks.
1: Sometimes, <laughs> or like it's like only the and winner can do it's like a weird, it's a weird perk that maybe most people wouldn't even care about. For me, it was <laughs> yeah. so much fun yeah. to, especially, especially just the. To, to have just won the show and then, like, they start casting immediately for the next yeah. season. So, this was just shortly after. I just and love then, that you win. You know, win. a magician what's I just that? love
0: that you win and you're like, oh, I got free reign of the place now. Just like, you <laughs> know, just walking <laughs> through. You sit in the break room, grab a soda. I was like, this is my place now.
1: <laughs> but but uh, they must have been doing auditions near where I was or New York or wherever, yeah. and I was in town. So, I went, and it's funny just to see, like, people walk in. And then I'm sitting there like ostensibly judging them. And they're like in their head must be thinking, what the heck is he doing here? Especially when a magician walks in, (laughs) they're like, really, you know, (laughs) but no one really said it. No one really said it. They just, you know, of course it's a, a pretty nerve wracking environment to be in to begin Mm -hmm. with, but no one like called it out. Like, what are you doing here? or yeah, anything like that's that. That's so weird.
0: That's mm-hmm.
1: so funny though. <laughs> but you could definitely see it on magicians faces in particular, just kind of like a look like what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now you you didn't get to do the like the first round though. You didn't have your own buzzer. No, they don't they didn't give me a
1: buzzer. That would Unfortunately. Be, that would be But the I did ultimate. I did get to like kind of like um facilitate the meeting on a few of them where oh, they'd okay. be like all right matt you want to take this one i'm like oh what's your name where are you that, from and what are you going to be doing for us that sort of thing it was very strange there's such
0: a shift in power dynamic uh depending on which side of the table you're on
1: for these <laughs> auditions <laughs> i suppose so
0: yeah that, that's great That's but fun. this
1: weekend is not about power it's just for no. some words of encouragement hopefully be able to give people uh a little bit of headspace while they're waiting to go in for their auditions. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah, It'll be fun. That'll be
0: great. And if, uh, if that's not enough encouragement to hear from a past winner, uh, if anyone needs a little extra amount of encouragement from, you know, from eight years ago, someone who just made it to the semifinals that one time, (laughs) I'm happy to pop in if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that. You you get them uh, all the way almost all the way there. I'll do the final little push.
1: <laughs> we could make it like a surprise, and you just come to Vegas. You can kind of like just be there on the Zoom call. No one will even know it's coming. You like you said, I might have free reign over this thing. <laughs> I don't think
0: this is gonna be. A, that would be a surprise for anyone. I mean,
1: I'd be like, it would be either like, oh, we know Matt's friends with Eric, or who? Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so if listen if these people want to do well on the show they need to know the history they need to know i don't the think the first mentalist true. to appear on the show
0: i don't think to do well the show you need to know the history at all
1: <laughs> i was i was trying to i was trying to argue uh, the other side here all sure. right <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> trying to help out that's funny um
0: that's uh uh and then lastly you you wanted to say something about uh, uh Fauci here uh what uh what's going on with Fauci,
1: what's going on
0: with Fauci, <laughs> yeah
1: just to just to full disclosure here so our our we 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 come in here it's pretty loosey goosey in terms of because we like the feel of the conversation you, you, to be you don't loose. think they
0: can tell that Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, if there was ever an indication, it just happened. <laughs> but what's going on with Fauci?
0: We have a rough outline. I really don't know what this one is. So it's just this no, Fauci. but just to,
1: just to clarify, we don't ever know what each other really wants to talk about because our notes, we do create a, a shared document with notes yeah. on it. Yeah. And usually it just is about maybe one or two words. So like <laughs> if it says Fauci... Eric doesn't necessarily know what that means. If his says Tiger King, okay, I know who that is, but I don't know what he's going to say. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I read an article in Rolling Stone that came out recently where Fauci says theaters and live entertainment he anticipates can come back in fall of 2021.
0: Oh, that's encouraging.
1: I thought it was interesting. I don't think it's as soon as many people hope for, thinking Hmm. summer, like, a lot of shows in Vegas, like Donny Osmond, for example, is coming out with his new solo residency, went on sale for, I think, August at some point. Uh, obviously, Usher went on sale for, I think, March. I, I don't know if it's been canceled yet, but it's yeah. tough to imagine that Usher's uh, large-scale show is going to happen. Um, but it, it is encouraging because it at least gives some sort of timeline, even though it might be later than some people are hoping. Like, I know a lot of bands that had summer tours. Just move them to this coming summer. Right. Are those right. going to happen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It also said that a lot of precau- some precautions will still likely need to be in place. So it'll be interesting to see if Fauci is on target with this because you know, I trust an expert's opinion more than anybody else's. But still, they are when you say it's an educated guess, it really is a guess. You just can't predict the future, so we'll, we'll have to see. But I like the fact that there was at least a sort of a, a, a timeline given because who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you heard this? No, I hadn't heard. I heard um, I I think I caught a little bit of an interview he was doing on TV somewhere where I thought I thought he said like summer or fall. So to hear him more towards fall, I I still think that's encouraging, you know, because I mean, the most pessimistic view uh, was like twenty twenty two. See, I wasn't
1: really hearing that. You were hearing 2022? I was
0: hearing, like, the realists, you know, who were just saying, like, all right, people are always going to try and push it forward to try and get things open. So I think the more pessimistic view, realist view, was people saying 2022 until, like, things get really back to normal when we're just free out there. And it all really depends. I mean, we we're talking about the inauguration and the new president coming in and thinking about, you know, that distribution plan of the vaccine. And if we can get the vaccine out to a lot of people, I think people will be more willing to to go out to large gatherings of people again um, to yeah. see shows. So uh, obviously Fauci's going to know more than uh, than so was just us? speculating, yeah, including <laughs> us, <laughs> on uh, on what that could do. But, I, I mean, I think there could be also a, a trying to err on the side of caution and safety uh, as well, just so that people don't, you know, jump the gun on it and, you know, open up too soon and don't follow guidelines or so forth.
1: Yeah, so just a little update. He, you know, yeah. went out in the public, said that in the Rolling Stone article. So I thought, okay, maybe... Maybe fall, maybe sooner, maybe later, but that's just kind but, of the latest we've heard.
0: But the other thing that that I was just thinking to to keep this uh, or to take into account is, sure, maybe we're allowed to, um, you know, come fall, have shows again, but the ticketing or, you know, the booking process for those is usually there's a delay in that, right? So what do you mean? E- so even if, like, we get the go-ahead, it comes fall, they're like, you can do shows Right away, you know, unless like we're not booking now for fall because no one's like really knows what's Mm -hmm. happening. So Mm -hmm. so so once we get the go ahead, there's still going to be a delay of, oh, I now got to sell the tickets to get to a show or I got to book these shows coming up. So that's why I think people are thinking 2022 is when things will get back to normal, because if you start booking things this fall, you know, that's when that's going to usually pay off.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see. Interesting stuff, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Matt, are you ready for a riddle? Bring it on. Diddle me
0: this, diddle me that, will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Matt, I got a twofer for you. Two riddles. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's the first one. A blue man lives in a blue house. A green man lives in a green house. But I live in a White House. Who am I?
1: I believe this is a political reference to the president of the United States. I thought it was appropriate for, <laughs> <laughs> well for done, the inauguration. Well uh,
0: yeah, I would recommend if you're going to tell your friends this riddle, maybe don't do it right after the inauguration where everyone's thinking about the <laughs> president. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a pretty good uh, riddle nonetheless. I think you could catch some people off guard uh, because you expect them to be following the pattern of, mm-hmm. a, of a blue man in a blue house. I mean... it. Uh, it I guess technically, looking at the history of our past presidents, the answer could be a white man in a White House. But luckily, as uh, uh, you know, with Barack Obama changed that and hopefully, you know, more change to come, uh, even a-, a woman would be uh, fantastic at some point. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess if you just strictly followed the pattern of this riddle for a long time, that would have been a correct answer as well. But uh, I don't like that answer as much. I like the the twist that, you know, it's supposed to be White House. <laughs> but um, anyway, here's the second riddle. Uh, this one's a little more pointed about the president. Um, what was the president of the United States name in 1980? So,
1: what was the what of the president of the United States name?
0: What was the president of the United States name in 1980?
1: What was the president's name in 1980? Yes. I don't know. Remember, this. I wasn't born yet. I don't know who which administration was in 1980.
0: See, you're falling into the trap of this riddle, which is why I like this riddle. Because well, of- I had a feeling that this wasn't you weren't
1: <laughs> literally just asking me who was president in 1980. I figured right. there's a little more to it. Because you know, what it's was not the a president of the United States' name in 1980? Yes. The President of the United States? You're on the right track. What was the President's name?
0: Yeah, because the trick is that you think it's a trivia question, but it's not. This is a riddle. (laughs) Read it again. What was the President of the United States name in 1980? Now, you do need to have some outside knowledge of, of one thing, but it should be something you know very clearly, especially since... He was inaugurated (laughs) yesterday, as we're recording this.
1: Oh, his name was Joe Biden in 1980. (laughs) Yeah, he was still around. That's a good one. I really like that one. But you could take it as who was the president in 1980? No, but you're not saying who was the president then. You're saying what was the president's president's name name then? Yeah, in 1980. Great riddle. I dig it.
0: Joe Biden was still Joe Biden in 1980. (laughs) He didn't mm-hmm. change his name. That's uh, no, a great no. one. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you can. Do, yeah. All right. If you want to. I, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you you do have to update it though, depending on who the president currently is. So. Oh just, uh, right, very important <laughs> note there.
1: <laughs> all right, let's bring it in with the uh, with the uh, trivia time.
0: Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his
1: wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Uh, it's a sad day. We are reaching into the bottom of the Balchunas barrel. Okay. This is the final Explain piece of to trivia. Explain that to
0: people in case this is their first episode.
1: <laughs> what does that mean? The Beltunas Barrel? That's yeah. that's where, my source of trivia for the past three weeks. Yes.
0: Rob Beltunas has been, uh, been uh, providing, he emailed us uh, trivia for you to ask me. I have not seen these, uh, but they were all based off of the uh, Batman Forever uh, trivia. He's doing trivia about that movie specifically because if you recall in previous episodes,
1: I asked you riddles that he submitted from those movies as well. People know about the Beltunas Barrel. If you don't know about the ba- Beltunas Barrel, which I'm announcing for the first time today, you can go back and see what it was before it had its name. But Absolutely. the Beltunas Barrel is reaching the bottom, and this is my call for help for Rob to please send more trivia. Episode 30 is next week. Rob, if you're listening, if you're on your walk and you're listening to this episode of Mind Over Magic, I am desperate for a refill. the barrel
0: you just don't like uh doing the work of doing the finding the trivia questions you like it
1: handed to you that's partially true i also (laughs) love saying baltunas barrel okay (laughs) (laughs) which might just be the new name of the trivia segment it's just the baltunas barrel from now on (laughs) fair enough okay anyway thank you rob there's your question and it's not multiple choice, so I saved this one okay. for week number three because that could make it more difficult. Whose contract did Warner Brothers have to buy out in order for Tommy Lee Jones to be able to play Two-Face?
0: There's, it's not multiple choice? It is not. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Let me think. All right, so they had to buy out Tommy Lee Jones' um contract
1: no uh, no no they no. had to buy they someone to, else warner so, brothers had to buy out someone else's contract in order to let tommy lee jones play two-face so there's i think there are some clues in there mind you i don't know what any of this means but it sounds to me like i'm the question to, yeah. that's really being asked is maybe who
0: was slotted to play two-face before tommy lee jones
1: yeah or maybe someone who had in a previous movie maybe oh
0: interesting hmm
1: I'm not sure.
0: Um yeah, Who is Harvey? To, Harvey Dent? Who's that? That is Two-Face's alter let who Two-Face was before he became Two-Face. That's the name okay. of the he was uh you know in in the movie if if, if you're going by the Christopher Nolan movie, which is I uh, hopefully the one that you've at least seen uh with uh, I saw Aaron the Eckhart. one with the Yeah,
1: I saw Christian Bale. That's the one I saw in the theater. That's the only one I've ever seen.
0: Right. So uh, Two-Face was, the the DA in that movie was Harvey Dent, and then later he becomes
1: Two-Face when he has the accident um, and so forth. Okay, well, I think we're on a good track here now that you...
0: I know it's not Aaron Eckhart. (laughs) Does that help? He's the guy who played Two-Face in the Christopher Nolan movies. I will confirm that it's not. Okay, great because this obviously happened prior this is batman forever so i'm wondering who was who could have been two-face prior to Tommy Lee Jones and then they had to buy him out and be like no we'd rather Tommy Lee Jones is that How
1: many Batmans were there prior to Batman Forever? Uh 2 at least Only 2? No, uh, well, at least the
0: in the Tim Burton universe uh, when they rebooted. But I'm thinking, do they have to go way back to the old uh, like the TV show?
1: I don't believe so. We're talking movies here. So you, you mentioned Tim Burton. What were those movies? Batman and Batman Returns. Okay. And these are real questions, by the way. I don't know the answers. I'm just <laughs> asking so I can get context here.
0: And then there was Batman Forever, and then I believe Batman and Robin was after that.
1: So what are your thoughts on who may have been in that role in Batman?
0: It's been so long. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> gotcha. I don't gotcha. even know
0: if Harvey Dent showed up in Batman or Batman Returns. You um, want initials? Yes, please. B D W. <laughs> B D W, that doesn't help at all. Uh really?
1: Uh, well the middle remember. name also sounds like the letter that it is
0: oh okay so i do know who this actor is but i didn't know why oh maybe this is all coming together now okay uh, first of all when you said b and then d i think that's actually his name is it, it bd wong no <laughs> bd wong <laughs> That, that, no that but i know good. who that is actually yeah. <laughs> he had a role in
1: karate kid 2 <laughs> oh, yeah he's been in a lot of movies and, and I think but his a- second his second role was karate kid 2
0: i think he was even in that uh broadway montage uh at the inaugural last night oh is that right yeah <laughs> I think wow he was in what are the odds yeah uh i mean i knew him from jurassic park one of my favorite movies of all time was that I mean, his first role no it no. can't be <laughs> um
1: Let's see. oh right because that was after that was later I'm, i don't know uh, i haven't seen it
0: no i don't know i don't know who is this i am so lost billy d williams billy d williams no way <laughs> yeah who's that i don't know you you look so excited you, you don't know who that is you literally just watched these movies i what 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 you just watched star wars he's in it he's lando no way! <laughs>
1: wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I did, I forgot he was in. He must have been Harvey Dent in the first Batman. I guess. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That's that's what uh, according to the Belchunas Barrel it says Billy D. Williams who played Harvey Dent in Tim Burton's first Batman movie.
0: You know what? I think I saw that first Batman when I was so young, and I don't think I've revisited it ever since. Um, so it was probably before I started like really getting into like movie knowledge and stuff like that. But uh, that's a great little piece of trivia. And again, yeah. apologies to my brother who clearly already knew this <laughs>
1: answer from... He's uh, just screaming yeah, right now, just, screaming. just hearing you not know this. And screaming even more with my lack of understanding yeah. of the whole universe of Batman.
0: Although it would be interesting to see a B.D. Wong Two-Face now that I'm picturing that. But uh, I'm going to give myself a... For getting that go. wrong uh but uh great questions great stuff i got mm-hmm. i gotta go back and rewatch those old batman movies now yeah the the batman and batman returns batman Forever. better you than me hey man you you got through star wars i'm proud of
1: you exactly
0: but uh <laughs> very well done very cool
1: so now's the point where eric's gonna look at our list of single word <laughs> notes and he's just going to randomly throw one of them out there. Stop,
0: stop showing
1: how the sausage is made. Is there a vegan reference for that? Uh, no, there's definitely not. <laughs> um, uh,
0: what do you want to chat about? I mean, you have the same list as well. Uh, I mean, we have a bunch of stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm curious actually to get your take on this because uh, it, it happens in Zoom shows sometimes too, but... Uh, I'm wondering if there's some skills from um, live performances as well to see advice. Uh, Every once in a while, you'll pick a participant uh, to do some effect or magic to. And um, they're they're a little bit of a dud. They don't really give you the reaction you're looking for. So uh, how do you approach that? How do you try to make sure? You know, I never blame the audience member because, you know, we're the performer. We have to take the responsibility to... um, to find the right people, uh, so I don't blame them for their, you know, their reaction or whatever. Um, but how do you approach uh, finding the right audience member, and how do you deal with a quote not so great audience member? You want, like a real answer here? Yes, it's a deep question. I know. I know you're looking at the time now too, and. This is- <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're like how do i (laughs) sum this up (laughs) no no it's it's just i mean it's it's a deep question um and Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because uh hopefully it's something that if if there are magicians listening would be interested if there are other magicians listening but also people ask me all the time like how do you choose who you're going to pick to come on stage um wow oh wow this is a it's it's a it's a dense topic. I go based on energy. So, more often than not, I'm like the idea of picking someone that's not going to work out, like you use the word dud. <laughs> um, <laughs> more often than not doesn't happen. Now, I've grown so sympathetic over the years for how audience members behave and react just knowing how uncomfortable they might be with the idea of like being on stage even if they enthusiastically volunteer Mm -hmm. they still have every right to be brought on stage and then all of a sudden freeze up yeah all of a sudden be nervous all of a sudden not know how to behave so they sort of uh become either really meek or really obnoxious i mean it really can go in any direction but i think my technique is to build audience participation into the show in two ways one way is in a way that they can become the star of the show but they never control who's the star of the show.
0: Yes, that's
1: very important. You're uh in the control. other well, go ahead. I was saying you're in control. Yeah, yeah, they they you could I I can create an environment in which they become the star, but they're just not controlling who is the star at any given moment and I still have the ability to sort of control it's be the spotlight operator basically and be able to control where the spotlight's going to be, where it needs to be at any given time. The other way to do it is to really develop a strong rapport with certain audience members that are that you depend on a bit more to do certain things. Some things that we do are more audience heavy than others in terms of really relying on them to be able to, maybe they have to count a certain number of something or they need to read something aloud. I mean, we talked about Delgadio's show in and of itself where an audience member was relied on to take something from the show one evening and then show up the next day with that item. And mm-hmm. he relied on these yeah. people to do this for over 500 live performances. Um, and I think there needs to be sort of a certain rapport developed with audience members that you're uh, relying on more. So for me, we're all working together. We're a team and we're, we're in cahoots basically. I mean, not not to say that there I ever would ever use stooges or anything like that, but right. Instantly, we're creating a rapport where we're all in this together, and them succeeding is me succeeding, and vice versa. What do mm-hmm. you think?
0: No, I agree with that for sure. Is uh, you start from the beginning and you you set up the audience to be successful for when you bring them up, and it's not a adversarial relationship at all. Or you know, I'm going to embarrass you. I mean, I think there's so many. Um, bad examples of magic shows where people do are, are brought up and are embarrassed and I think that harms the art form uh, as, as a whole, because then people, if they've ever seen a magic show, they're like, well, this guy's just going to embarrass me again, like everyone else. And I think we all have to be proactive in (laughs) fighting that stereotype so that people are like, yeah, this is a fun thing. I'm going to be helping out. I'm a key element of the show. Uh, and it wouldn't be as successful without me. And we're all, you know, building towards that moment of amazement. Uh, but I was more curious about like, you you, fi- you find someone, you think you have them, you think we're building to something uh, fantastic, but then um, for whatever reason, you show the trick and they're still like, cool. And they're not like freaking out or getting that cool, you know, that, that, that reaction you want that really shows the impressiveness.
1: Yeah, you know, I I've, I've really feel like that's a great question. I feel like I've really any sort of reaction to me that's genuine is a great reaction, even if Mm -hmm. it's someone just staring at you or if they have a loud vocal reaction. Or, I mean, I guess there's a chance someone could have like a rather insulting reaction of like, yeah, that's it or something like that. I mean, (laughs) I don't recall how you Um, did it.
0: And they're like, oh, I saw your your pinky break.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, I like to think I'm. Beyond those days. Yeah. Um, No, I know, I know. (laughs) No, no, but I think that the truth is I mean, I am giving the audience control to really do what they want with the moments that they have, but it's all taking place in a certain context. So, really, you talk about. uh, I, I feel like everything is really, really guided. So, like. Mm -hmm. there's almost no space for that to happen. And if there was a space for that to happen where it's vulnerable to the point where it's likely that an audience member is going to derail a whole thing. um, I try to mitigate that risk if I, if I see it, but um, I, you know, I can't, I I can't say I really worry about someone having like a lackluster reaction because it's not all about, it's not a TV show. If you're talking about performing live, It's, it's, it's not all about one person's reaction. The audience is going to react as a whole. I'm not performing for one, one person I'm performing for the whole audience. So whether or not the person or people that are on stage have a reaction that is quote unquote desirable or reads well to the crowd, to me i'm I'm doing things that are being experienced by everyone at the same time rather than the voyeuristic thing right. where people are just watching them react. It's a bonus if the person has a reaction that's fun to watch, but not required.
0: Yeah, for sure because it, it it's interesting in in the mentalism world because you're reading minds of people. Uh, a lot of the times that person you need that person to react in such a way. Uh, so that everyone else knows or can verify you were inside their head, or you know that that's what it appeared to be. So they and kind you of- have
1: techniques for it, absolutely. But
0: there's there's ways. That the audience is kind of uh, reacting through the reaction of that person. They're they're the uh, the the kind of projecting their reaction so that everyone else can react accordingly uh, in that kind of communal way. Uh, I'm curious to see if you have an, if because like I get I get it in live shows and like building that energy and having that crowd that feel. But uh, when it comes to virtual shows and like you say you're on a Zoom call or whatever and everyone's muted. and you're you're unmuting one person you know and then just like they're like all right nice good job
1: (laughs) well well the other obvious answer and you don't need me to tell you this but since we're since we're hashing this stuff out it's looking at yourself as a performer, huh
0: well i was saying it's also looking at yourself as a performer
1: (laughs) well i was gonna say the other answer is 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 pointing at the elephant in the room
0: oh yeah for sure yeah 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 You know, immediately being
1: like, well, that wasn't the reaction I expected or or whatever your line is.
0: There's lots of like great techniques like that. But uh, especially if you're like building to this one moment and you want everyone else to feel it vicariously through them and you're like, they can't, they're all muted so that they can't, you know, show that they appreciate it. Sometimes all that feedback you get is that one person who's done its It's harder to find. Um, you know who that might be, and uh, you know again, it's on the performer to make sure that person is not a dud by you know converting them into a person who would be good reacting. You know, uh, so so I don't I don't again not blaming the participant themselves for acting. No, that way. I no. Think it's always on the performer to get the best out of them. That uh, you know yes. and really impress them with uh, what you're doing, and and maybe it's looking back at scripting and seeing oh how can I emphasize really the impossibility of that? Maybe that's just not getting communicated. And that's why this person wasn't reacting the way I wanted them to. So.
1: I, I, I like it. Anytime that some, someone reacts in a way that's unusual, it makes that moment so real and so memorable. And I find that moment where it becomes even funnier and funnier. The more mm. you recap the impossibility of what you did Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> juxtaposed with the reaction, Yeah, <laughs> there's a really great moment there. There's a dissonance there. Yeah, I think
0: that's good. That is a great approach. And it's always it's always one of those tools from the toolbox that I know from, you know, comedians or whatever, because, you know, when you're for comedians, you're putting out a joke. And if you know it's funny, you've done it at other audiences, you haven't cut it from your show. uh, And it just for whatever reason that night doesn't get there. You can always point it out and you can always. Call out the one guy with his arms crossed, shaking his head, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's it's being in the moment, and that's why people go and have live interactions or virtual exactly. interactions is because the shows can be different uh from time to time, otherwise, uh, you'd watch a recording what's which that? by the way, otherwise, you'd watch a recording, which by the right. way, you can watch uh Derek Delgado's recording, <laughs> but that, I mean, that's why I liked that. Uh, movie version is because they showed night from night from night and that it is different uh, you know, as well. So I think it's great
1: before we do goals. I want you to know that I woke up this morning excited to come on and do the cast. And I want to say thank you to you for your dedication. We're going to be going on 30 episodes by next week. And I appreciate your, your commitment to doing this every single week. I really was excited to come on and do this, especially during times when it's, it's something to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things, too, where I was like, no, I gotta, uh, for me, to be honest, I was a little hesitant for this week just because I have a lot going on uh, with shows and, you know, partied a little too hard last night watching the inauguration. But I was like, nope. The the cast is uh, I like doing it and I want to keep that that dedication and that consistency so uh, you know I wasn't gonna be like let's push it or anything
1: later right no no I'm I'm glad no, that's I, maybe that's yeah. why when I saw you on the Zoom I said did you just wake up and you're like no I've been up it's the partying last night that's what it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know some champagne who knows
1: <laughs> um goals really quick I got to jump yeah, on a, a a call right from here uh you know dedication. i know what yours is this the is, audio unless you have another one
0: this is dedication right there you got a call and you're like let's do the cast and there we go so i appreciate your dedication as well <laughs> uh, and our dedication of our listeners let's not forget that we wouldn't be here without you guys so we really appreciate you for sure uh but yeah let's jump into goals real quick um last week i wanted to do some email marketing i sent out an email Uh, but still learning let's let's just say that i think uh, awesome i think uh there's some some resources people reached out to me we'll get into that i'm sure in future episodes uh but yeah the goal for this week is to um to fix the audio let's work on the audio get that up to go to speed awesome i'm not blowing and uh
1: for me i want to get this office organized and i want to live an exciting week so that we can be coming at you next week with an awesome episode 30 that's what i got
0: There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we really do appreciate you. Uh, So if you want to shoot us an email with thoughts, opinions, trivia, riddles, you can do that at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And hit us up at the socials at mindmagicpod. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.